Hi there, I'm Andy, a moon chasing, manifesting, wander lover, and feel good aficionado. Consider me your woo woo best friend. This show is a sacred space for ideas, concepts, and modalities that might be considered taboo, but that I personally find a great magic in. In these conversations, my mission is to inspire confidence, worth, and mystical thinking in our modern world. Let's get into it, shall we? Hello, welcome back to the show. Or if it's your first time listening, welcome, welcome, welcome. First, how you feeling? How you feeling? As the team and I have been over here working on bringing you this episode, bringing you the newsletter for those that are subscribers to that, bringing you new resources, blog posts, etc. We are certainly feeling a bit of heaviness in the air. We wouldn't be human beings if we weren't feeling some emotional weight during these times. So a conversation we've been having is, how do we keep showing up? For me personally, every morning, I show up to my practice. I sit down, I meditate, I breathe. For those that have been practicing Soba Kriya, which we're going to talk about in this episode actually It's a Kriya for invoking the wealth of the universe. And a Kriya is a meditation, movement, breathwork combination. So for me, I move, I meditate, I get into communion with my body. Because if I don't, the habits and the patterns that were infused into me when I was a little tiny version of myself before I was even six or seven years old, those habits and patterns start to take over. And you couple that with the stories filling our feeds, filling the news, filling up our minds, and we can become quite paralyzed. What we experienced and learned as a child shapes us. For most of us, we weren't given guidance on how to process our emotions and handle the world around us. There's a bunch of grown-ups running around with underdeveloped emotional intelligence, and that's pretty terrifying, honestly. There's also the general programming that no matter who you are, there was some sort of programming that perhaps you're working to undo, and that could have been something that was shared with you from teachers, parents, the media, peers, We all have some sort of programming we're working to undo. For me, the only way I can show up every day and deal with the world right now and not be in full trauma response is by actively working to heal and process. And if you're hurting, you're not alone. And the goal here is to continue to bring you tools, free resources. We offer workshops and more in order to support you in moving into a lighter way of being. So this episode is a special episode. I'm bringing three women, three guests onto the show who have been a part of my courses, workshops, even all three of them came to the retreat in Tulum. So all three of them are a part of the Colt Laloon Art of Lunar Living course, our manifestation course. All three of them are a part of Sea Changers, my program for soul-led women in business, 
And all three of them came to the retreat in Tulum. So they are certainly friends now. They've become soul sister friends, collaborators, supporters, partners. And I am really looking forward to sharing this conversation. These are real women finding their way in the realm of business, life, soul, spirit, relationship, and I love getting to have conversations like this because I think it's truly the way to see what's possible. I invite you to let these three women become expanders for you. Welcome, Christine, Mary-Kate, and Mariah. I'm so thrilled to have all three of you on the show. Welcome, ladies. I'm so excited to have you here this morning. Hello, hello. 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 Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm so happy to be in this conversation with the three of you. So this is obviously the first time we've had an episode in which it's a group conversation. It's also the first episode in which I've had women who are truly friends of mine who've also been in some of my programs who I've traveled with. We were all on the Tulum retreat together. And when we were talking about putting this show together, I really wanted to have three women doing incredibly soulful work, really interesting things that have deep connections spiritually. And I wanted to bring your stories forward and talk about what you're up to and how you found your way into your practices, what's working, what you've tried that maybe isn't working, all that fun stuff. So my intention is this is just going to be a nice little juicy conversation about all that, all of that. So we'll start with sun, moon, and rising, a little astrology as we do with every episode. So how about we go sun signs first, then moon signs, then rising, and and let's let's go there. So Mariah, I'll start with you. Sun sign lady. I am a wonderful Aries moon. Oh, well, sorry, sun. <laughs> Aries moon too. <laughs> You're an Aries sun and an Aries moon. Yeah. Lots of Aries. Yeah. So much Aries. Mary Kate. Well, I'm also an Aries sun, so we've got a whole lot of Aries right now. <laughs> <laughs> so much fire. So much fire. Christine. Um, I am a cancer sun. So bring a little water to the table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keeping us cold out a little yeah, bit. from getting too yeah. parched. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then Mariah, you're Aries sun, Aries moon. Mary-Kate, what's your moon? I am a Pisces moon. And Christine, your moon? I'm an Aries moon. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> two Aries suns and two Aries moons in one conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Mariah, you're rising. I am a Taurus rising, little ground to even out the fire. Yeah. And and I'm a Taurus. I'm a Taurus moon. So we have that in common. Well, we both have Taurus on our chart. Yeah. Okay, Mary Kate. And I'm a Gemini rising, so a smidgen of air. Mm-hmm. Okay. Christine. And I'm a Taurus moon. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're all rising, Christine. Rising. I'm a rising. Sorry. I was like, I'm a Taurus moon. I just said I, I was Mary's moon. I think it's also like such a, a script that you learn of, oh, I'm an Aries sun, Pisces moon, Gemini rising. And then when you split those things up into separate statements, it's it's like, wait, who who am I? <laughs> Okay, so let's let's get into your stories. Let's talk. Let's talk stories, ladies. So, 
Mariah, we'll start with you again. So I'd love to hear a bit about what you're up to, what's going on in your life, what you're working on, you know, that that little elevator pitch. Um, so I just had a lot of big life changes. I'm a mom of two and my oldest just started kindergarten. So I'm able to do a lot more work, which is really nice. I'm also an intuitive life coach. And so I use things like astrology and human design to help my clients. And what I really do with clients is we get down to the root of their problems and figure out what limiting beliefs, like what's going on on subconsciously. And we're going to take it all out and we're going to rewire it and put all the good stuff in what we want to believe because we create our own reality. So that's what I do. Um, yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Christine, you want to share a bit about what you're up to? Sure. So I work as a personal stylist and in the sort of a general aesthetic range. So anything that you need help with aesthetic wise. So clothing, interiors, plant styling, um, organization, and basically, uh, go in and work with clients on figuring out what where they feel stuck, what the energetic block is that they're dealing with. And I love reading people's closets, kind of um, determining the health of their closet, which really speaks of like a lot about how they're feeling about themselves. And um, yeah, kind of like Mariah said, you know, pulling out the stuff that isn't working, sometimes physically, it's in form of clothing, and letting that go and clearing the space and they feel lighter. And my goal is to have them, you know, work with me and move through what they have to let go of and then in turn feel more confident and grounded. Beautiful. Yeah. You're both doing spiritual work in which you're doing a lot of this like cleansing and rewiring and you're doing it in very unique ways, but it's all connected. It's all connected. Mary Kate, over to you, my friend. Well, I'm still kind of in the midst of this big transition and establishing what I'm going to be doing. But, you know, this time last year, I was in corporate America working for a Fortune 100 company doing global marketing strategy. And I was burning out. And a little a year and a month ago, I had a really intense spiritual experience during an acupuncture and energy healing session. And I realized I needed to start thinking about doing something else. And so I took all of my vacation and I used it to get certified as a hypnotherapist. And I did, um, an NLP master practitioner training, and now I'm in a year-long coaching certification program. And so currently, I work with women who are typically in corporate and experiencing burnout, and we do various hypnotherapy techniques to kind of like Mariah said, dig into what are those old programs that are Um, keeping them stuck or making them feel like they can't be themselves at work. They can't be authentic. And it's a big issue for women in tech, especially is that feeling of having to not be feminine, not be creative or spiritual or intuitive. Uh, It's, it's a very, very masculine energy there. Yeah. I, I certainly, when I was leaving my corporate career, 
I thought back, I think back still often to the beginning of that time. And I, I feel incredibly lucky. I had a mentor when I was maybe, I mean, I was, was just getting started. I was maybe 23 or 24. And I was kind of in my first big meeting, kind of boardroom sort of meeting. And I was one of maybe three women in the room of about 12 people. This is the beauty industry, which is interesting that the beauty industry would be particularly male dominated because it's like, this is lipstick and hairspray we're talking about, but still. So my mentor after that meeting was like, look, the reason you're in this room is because we trust your gut and we trust your intuition and we don't need you to show up like the boys, like at all. And I, it was so in me that I needed to show up that way, that that's was what was expected of me. Yeah. Yeah. I think in, in many industries, there's this, you know, I, I think in, in neurotypical or neuroatypical communities, people talk about masking and having to, um, you know, do certain things to not appear weird or different. And in some industries, there's a women have to do it to not appear too intuitive or too yeah. um, spiritual or too feminine. And those are the women I'm interested in working with. Yeah, I love that. I love it. Those women, those women need someone like you. So, Mary Kate, let's start a bit with your story in regards to that moment on the acupuncture table. Take us back there. Yeah, I want to talk about that. I'm I've been doing acupuncture once a week for the last like two months. And so I'm really feeling it. I'm really really mm. into my my acupuncture treatments right now. It's It's been really amazing. And I, I would love to hear what that moment was like for you. Oh, yeah. So I, it's interesting because this corporate job that I was at when I started it, it was a total dream job and it was great for about a year. And then it went downhill very quickly. And for a long time, I was very confused about why universe did you even put me there if it was going to be so great and then turn so bad. But I was seated in back-to-back cubicles with a really neat woman. And one Monday morning, this would have been probably two years ago now, she came in and she said, oh, I just had the greatest acupuncture session over the weekend. It was so great. I feel so good. And I had always been interested in trying it, but it felt so intimidating to choose a practitioner because I really didn't know what to expect. And so I got that contact information of her acupuncturist and I went to see this woman and she is really incredible. She works, um, her name is Mieko C and she works in Encinitas, California, and she combines acupuncture with Huna, which is a Hawaiian energy healing, as well as various timeline therapies and things. And so I was on her table and this was, you know, a little over a year ago now, and she was doing the acupuncture and the energy and taking me on a shamanic journey, visualization, meditation. And up until that point, I was still kind of trying to figure out what I believed about God, you know, and, and source. And, and I had been raised in a very conservative, um, fundamentalist religious upbringing. 
and I wasn't sure, you know, do I even believe in chakras, right? <laughs> and and so I had an encounter with, uh, I, I'll call them here, a, a spirit guide, which was so profound that it, I mean, within a matter of a couple of weeks, it completely shifted my perspective. I came to believe in past lives. I started doing kundalini yoga. I, I, it was a complete 180 or or not a 180, but an acceleration through what I thought might take years of processing and deconstruction. Wow. Yeah. Those little moments of serendipity of someone sharing in your office, Hey, I had this really great treatment and you listen to the call to go explore it. And it's completely changed the trajectory of your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mariah, let's talk about your transition. So tell us a bit about where you were and what brought you into this work that you're doing now. Ooh, what a story. Um, so I will say where to start. Um, I started about two years ago working with a holistic nutritionist. Um, I got diagnosed in 2017 with a terminal illness that has no cure but no symptoms as of now um, called Huntington's disease. And ever since I got that diagnosis, I knew deep down like I would never get symptoms. Like I just, it's not going to happen. Not not happening. Um, and so I found this holistic nutritionist who works with preventative medicine. And I was like, perfect this is what I need. I'm going to take care of my body so that like I can take the inspired action to never have symptoms. And man, that changed my entire life. Never did I think working with someone would change the way that it did. Um, so I started realizing that my thoughts had more power than I had led to believe. Um, I started meditating and then I happened to be Googling about manifestation and I ran into your website and I got in Colt Laloon and I just started meditating and I deep dove into astrology, which led me to human design, which led me to working out all the time because nutrition and body and mind and spirit are all so connected. Um, and it has just been a journey. I also, like Mary-Kate, grew up in a very religious household. And I remember being young and having like a pack of tarot decks and I wasn't allowed to have it. So they got taken away. And I loved astrology. And so the past two years has just really been diving into myself. And I'm realizing that so many people don't have these things available to them. So as I'm learning them, my goal is to equip others with the modalities like human design, it's such a great personal development tool. And once you know it and you can start living in alignment, it'll change your life. Um, so yeah, getting into your course, just the way things lined up have inspired me and changed my whole way of thinking. And now I just aspire to give that power to everyone. Like, Whenever I work with people, I just want to help them give them the tools where they don't even need me. Like they can just be like, oh, yes, Mercury's in retrograde. Let me see what house Mercury is in. And I need to watch out for that area of life. 
Um, and so, yeah, I'm just super thankful and realizing we can turn our struggles into something greater and prevail over them. Um, like in 2018, I was at rock bottom alcoholic, um, working three jobs, the peak of my bipolar episode. Uh, my mom had passed. And if you would have told me then that I would be turning that into all of these great things, I wouldn't have believed you because those really equipped me, those that knowledge and wisdom to help others and everything in life really just happens the way it's supposed to. Kind of like how Mary-Kate, that one conversation led you to this whole awakening. So yeah, um, all that struggle has led me to where I am and it's beautiful. I find so often that people that are deeply connected to their soul journey or their spirituality have gone through something really fucking dark to get to that other side. And sometimes, sometimes that darkness can take us down a really horrible path. And sometimes it does for years. And until there's this moment of like, wake the fuck up and let's see what, what else is out there. And it sounds like for you, that's very much what happened. Mary Kate, I know that that's a part of your story too. It's certainly a part of my story too. And it doesn't mean that you have to go through something dark to find modalities and a spiritual connection that will open you up to new paths, but it it does happen often. And in the shamanic world, it's often the medicine men or women are often people who had near-death experiences as children and or they have lived in very restrictive sort of circumstances like in darkness for literal literal darkness, like in a cave for the first part of their life, like ages one to six or, you know, one to eight or nine or 10 or 11 or 12 even, so that when they come out of the darkness, their perspective is completely different. And I think that when you go through that figurative darkness too, that that's certainly something that you have an opportunity to look back and go, oh, right. If I hadn't gone through this level of despair, it would have been challenging to even see what I can see now. Yeah. And it really helps that duality of life just to really appreciate the light that I'm in now. Like in Tulum, that was beautiful, wonderful. And I don't think I would have appreciated it the way that I do today. And not to say like people have to go through darkness. Everyone has stuff going on and it's maybe dark to them and not someone else. Totally. Yeah. Okay, Christine, let's talk about your story. So I, you know, did some corporate work uh, early on. Um, I moved to New York Um, when I was like 23 and I had this dream that I was going to work in publishing and, you know, work in fashion and do all of this stuff. And, um, I was able to do, um, that in some respect for quite a while until the recession happened. And then I had started a blog, um, and kind of, it was like, it felt like the wild, wild west, like everything that I had known, all of the, the corporate structure, 
and the step-by-step, there was a playbook, like, and that's just what you did. And you worked your way up and that was it. And it all crashed down and, you know, magazines just completely, I mean, they, they really, really struggled. Um, so here I am in New York, you know, just like, and it was such an, a scary time, but it was also very exciting because I just remember, you know, I kept trying to get another like journalism job and work in a magazine and you just kept getting laid off. So I finally, uh, just hit the ground running with this blog I had created back in 2008. And yeah, it was like the well, well West. There was no rules. You were, it was a, you were self self-appointed and all of a sudden, all of the hierarchy in my world was gone. There was, I was my own boss. I had never done that before. And <clears throat> I just, you know, that's a longer story, but basically I just kind of blind faith also just had no idea like what was in front of me. And I didn't know any better or worse. So I just kept going forward. I guess that's like, you know, sometimes when you're naive and you don't know, you kind of do better because you don't have anything to compare it against. I had nothing. I didn't know what would happen. And I couldn't fail because I'd already been laid off. And that was failing in a lot of ways to me because I just couldn't hold this job. It wasn't my fault because of the recession, but I still, you know, that was a whole thing. So flash forward, um, I started getting some inquiries about styling. And I just, I think it's so interesting to look back. Um, I thought you had to go to school for everything that you did. My mindset was very much like, you know, you need to have a degree in things and then you can't just be self-proclaimed. That's the word self-proclaimed. Like I can't just like call myself a stylist. Like I'm such a hack. Like they can't do that, you know? And all of a sudden people are like, no, but like you have an eye and, and you have a, you have a, a way about you. I want to work with you. And I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'd practice on my friends and everything. So that started to take off, but the spiritual part of it for me, I didn't, I did not integrate that for years, for years. And my mom always said to me that, you know, it would be really grounding for me in New York to have some sort of spirituality, something that was bigger. She didn't care what it was. I didn't grow up very religious, but I did grow up with my grandmother who in her later years studied metaphysical healing. Mm. So as a young child, she struggled with cancer for years and she never had chemo. She kept herself healthy for as long as she could through meditation and visualization, visualization, which is like amazing. And so she lived with us. She passed in our house, but while she lived with us, she taught me, um, you know, she taught me how to use touch for healing. And she taught me about meditation and visualization. And I remember not really understanding what my mom wanted. Like, what did she want me to go do? Sit in a church? Like, where am I supposed to find? You know, it's New York. It was so like surfacey. It was fast. I was in fashion. It was like parties and all these things. And she's just kind of kept saying like, you need to got to find a grounding moment. And I just remember finally realizing like coming back to my grandmother and coming back to my intuition, I which I think I might have just kind of put in the closet for a while. I just didn't really think about it. I was really young and I was moving fast and there wasn't time. Uh, then, 
so nothing, I don't want to say nothing. Um, I don't think anything happened necessarily to me that was dark or shadowy. I did, I did have a huge transition in 2017 when I decided to leave New York and come back to Seattle, which was a huge transition after being there for about 13 years. But when I came back, I think I had to start all over in a way. And I realized that I started to really bring intuition, energy, meditation, visualization, all of that into my work with clients. And then this last few years has been amazing. I've started to take classes with Andy. I do Cult Laloon as well. And also like going to Tulum. I mean, that was just transformative. But what's been so exciting is owning. So I guess what I want to say is I had an idea of what I wanted, I thought fashion should look like and my job should look like, and kind of afraid maybe to ever talk about that side. And now I only want to draw people that are interested in doing the deep work with me. I don't know how to do shallow now. And I don't want to say that there's anything wrong with being on the surface. I wouldn't say I was a shallow person. I just didn't explore that side of me. And now now I know my human design. Now I know, you know, so much more about astrology. And I I want clients that want to do the deep work with me. And so now I'm really exercising that muscle. And it's a key part of actually anytime I talk about my work, it is no, has nothing to do with the clothing. It has nothing to do with the physical things hanging. And it's exciting to, to peel back those layers on myself to say, to not be afraid of it, to not worry that anyone thinks I'm weird talking about energy when you're talking about a closet, because like that doesn't usually, the stylist that I knew, they didn't, you know, they were styling for the cover of InStyle or something. It wasn't <laughs> energetically anything to do with that. So, um, yeah, so my story is, it's just, just this interesting journey of kind of coming back to myself and coming back to my true, I guess my truth and honoring um, honoring the things that I learned when I was small and and honing my intuition and gifts. Yeah. I mean, how, how many people, you know, in these sort of experiences will tell you that when they had this moment of finding a reconnection to their intuition, a reconnection to who they are, that it is exactly that, that it's like going back to what you knew when you were small. And it's just the stuff that gets so programmed out of us as we grow up. And it's why, why in Colt Laloon, we start in the first journal prompts with like, let's go back and look at like what little you was up to and honor what little you has to say, because it's like, we're, we all have this inner child within us still. We're just in grown up bodies now. That's, that's just like where we're at now. And when we, when we remind ourselves of that and get out of, out of our heads really, and out of the pace of the world, we can often see pretty quickly what would really light us up as adults when we listen to that versus what we think we're supposed to be up to. Yeah. Christine, for you, what was the first, do you have a moment or a practice or a modality or something that you were attracted into first that really started to allow you to bring this energetic and spiritual 
way of approaching clothing into your work? Like what, what allowed you to get that confidence to shift in that way? I think it might've been, I think I knew some of it when I was still in New York, but I was so distracted with what was going on with me. And I was not in a good place near the end of my, my time in New York. And I don't think I had any room for the, uh, the, I didn't have any room to see that about myself. I was, um, yeah, I, so I think when I moved back to Seattle, I had to get really clear. I mean, I had to, the ego of living in New York, that whole thing. I mean, it's a bunch of BS, but it's true. I mean, it's like you lived there and now you don't. And what happened to you? And why Why aren't you there anymore? You know, you couldn't hack it. You couldn't do it. All of these voices. So when I got back to Seattle, I had to, I mean, I'm with my family. I am living at my parents' house. I'm, you know, trying to start over. And I had to get really clear. And I had to like shut out all the noise. And it took me a couple of years, but I think I started to go down the route of wanting to deprogram. And I wanted to understand ego because I didn't like it. It's like, this is ridiculous. I know better, but I, wa- I, I wanted to honor it too. I don't think ego is bad. I just, I wasn't, I was in a very not self place with it. So I wanted to understand ego. I started going down, doing things with Lacey Phillips, with her Mm -hmm. Um, to be magnetic and deconditioning and looking at the shadow. And I started learning about all of this and I, it was familiar, but I know I had to find it myself. And then as I started to do that, I pulled back these layers and was kind of seeing things a little bit more clearly about myself. I think it always does start with yourself, right? And then you can go out and actually share the gifts and have more clarity. So then after that, it just you know, I think I got into human design and we're talking to Andy about that. And then, you know, astrology has always been interesting, but all of these pieces. And then now being in Kundalini yoga and understanding how to, you know, manifest correctly for me doesn't look, it's not one size fits all. So I think that, I don't think it was one moment. It was just this like, you know, 2017 to now, it's just been this um, interesting journey of peeling back all the layers, seeing what's there, and then seeing what my gifts are and making them very shiny so that when I can go out and I work with clients, I just am very confident with it now because I've gotten back to like my true self. Yeah. Does that answer? It, does that it answer totally the question? Does. Yeah. I yeah. don't think there was one moment, but I'm also, you know, I just had a big birthday, just rolled into a new decade. And so Mm -hmm. that also just in one moment, I will say that is finally, funnily enough, allowing me to just be like either, you know, I'm getting, I'm becoming friends with my shadow. You know, I like want to like, come on in, let's, let's talk about it. What's going on. And if I can get clear with that, I can even bring in less. I try to have no judgment in my client sessions, but if I can get really, really cool with myself And it gives me even more space for everybody else when I go in and I deal with their blocks and their shadow and their, their issues, because it just becomes more neutral. You know, you can just, it's more fluid and you can talk to them about it and there's not as much stigma. So it's really letting go of that stigma. I think that might be my, the ego and the stigma of things. Yeah. Well, and with shadow work, 
the hardest thing to do and the quickest way to get there is just to have self-compassion and allow yourself to allow yourself to be in a judgment-free zone in regards to self. And that's the fastest way there and the most complex because we're our, of course, our harshest critics always. And what we would never judge on someone else, we turn such a harsh eye at ourselves. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all of that. Mary-Kate, for you, was there... So you had this awakening experience, you're going through this process, and was there a modality or a practice that you got into at the beginning, at the beginning moments of that awakening that really shifted things for you? Mm, You know, the thing that comes to mind most strongly is that I had to do a lot of groundwork to be emotionally, psychologically, neurologically ready to have that experience. It wasn't like I was out clubbing every night and, you know, um, gossiping about people and, you know, just eating junk food. And there were several years, I think, um, you know, Mariah mentioned having some really intense religious um, pressures uh, and very like, you must believe this or you're going to hell. Um, And, you know, that's what I was raised in. And I, you know, got married very young and it was not safe, not healthy, not happy. But I truly believe that God hated divorce and that if I left, that that would be a sin that I might go to hell for, you know? And I believe that until I finally got out at age 25. And so, you know, following that, I self-medicated with alcohol for several years. And then it was only in 2017 that I started to think, okay, I am really unhealthy, unhappy, miserable. I hate myself. I can't even look at myself in the mirror because I'm so full of this darkness and self-loathing. And so for me, the first thing was I stopped drinking. And so then I had always been interested in the metaphysical, the occult, but it was completely squashed in my upbringing. And so I started to become interested in astrology. And then I wanted to get some crystals. And I also lived in Seattle at this time. Um, I was in a really cute apartment in Ballard near the locks where the boats come in from Puget Sound to come up into Lake Washington. And there was this little crystal shop called Northwest Crystals owned by this amazing woman named AJ. And I walked in there and I just said, hey, I'm, you know, I'd like to get a couple of crystals, but I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me pick out some starters? And so, you know, she got me started with, of course, some selenite and rose quartz and amethyst and clear quartz, you know, kind of the 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 big ones for somebody who has no idea what they're doing. Like, you got to have these to start at least. And then she said to me, you know, walk around and just see if anything else jumps out to you. And I think at this point I was maybe... 
two or three weeks sober, maybe a week sober, I don't know. And I was walking around and I saw this beautiful stone and it was just calling to me and I held it in my hand and it just felt really good. And so I went up to the counter as she was finishing um, smudging and wrapping all the crystals for me. And I said, oh, I'll take this one. And she said, oh, okay, great. Um, when you get home, uh, here are all the names of the crystals on the receipt and you can look them up. Um, go to healingcrystals.com and look at their metaphysical directory. She said they have the best information on crystals. And so I went home and I looked it up and that stone that had called to me from across the shop was labradorite. And mm. when I looked it up, one of the things that was at the very top of the page is that it's a stone of sobriety. And I just had this kind of like one of those moments Ooh. where you're like cracking a safe and it goes click, 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 and everything kind of slows down and pulls into focus. And then the safe opened and it was like, whoa, something's happening here. Wow. Oh, I got the chills when you, when you said that. I did too. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it was crystals and astrology and yoga and that whole just kind of journey and doing three years of all of that, just exploring and following the breadcrumbs and learning before I had that really intense experience. Wow. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Wow. Okay. Mariah, what was the modality or moment or practice that supported you in stepping into this new way of showing up for yourself? Um, so I would say I started deconstructing everything that I was taught as a child, um, after I got sober and had my second baby. And that was really the beginning, but what helped me like really get through it was I started doing a lot of movement and not to lose weight, not because I hated myself, but out of a place of, I want to better myself. Like this feels good. And I realized that it was a way of releasing trauma. So as I'm doing the shadow work, I'm doing this movement and it went from just walking on the treadmill. And I was like, oh, let me lift some weights. And then I played mantra music while I started to work out. And that was a game changer. That was amazing. Um, and so it went from that. And then something that else that really woke me up was someone told me that something you don't like in someone else is just triggering something you don't like inside yourself. So I really got in this conscious practice of when someone else bothered me, I took a look inside and I was like, ooh, why does this bother me? What's going on inside of me? And combining those two things and doing that work and then finding human design, that's when it really just like clicked because I found out I'm a projector, I'm here to guide. And whenever I waited for the invitations, I started to feel successful. I like things just started to line up for me. And I think just a combination of all of those things, deconstructing what little me was taught for so long in such a toxic religious household um, and really finding my own way and doing all of those things together have brought me to where I am now, to where I can share my gifts and be fully me and not worry about others' perception of me. Yeah. Yeah, that projection piece is so important, right? And it's something that we just miss so often. It's like, okay, why is this girl at the office like just make me crazy every day? It's like, oh, because I got some of that going on myself and I just don't even see it. Exactly. And then as well as whenever we start to 
think of others like we all have our dark stuff and realizing that everybody else, even if they don't show it, they have a lot of shadow and dark inside of them that could be happening. So it may it's most likely not even about you when people project their stuff onto you. Yep. It's the truth. So we've talked about a lot of different modalities. We've talked about mantra music. We've talked about NLP. We've talked about acupuncture, astrology, human design, kundalini yoga. I mean, all the things I'm really, I'm really into. I love all of this. The crystals. Mary Kate is showing us our crystals. All, I have a, I have a massive clear quartz cluster in my lap right now. <laughs> Keep that thing on you. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was watching your Instagram stories when you were unpacking your office, Mary Kate, and I saw the the crystal box. It was like that's a serious crystal collection. She's got going on over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I I have to collect now little pouches and baggies and all the velvet baggies that come with jewelry and things. Those are all perfect, you know, crystal packing materials. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Okay. So then I want to ask you guys each about a practice or an experience or a healing that you tried that was maybe the weirdest thing you've the weirdest thing you've ever tried whether it was whether it worked for you or you were like uh yeah no this isn't for me it's the weirdest thing you've tried you're all looking <laughs> i can see this all of like you this is a good question <laughs> i can see each of you and you're all thinking so hard right now okay Mariah, do you have one um it's the weirdest think- thing you've tried it's not really weird. It was just something that I had never thought of. And I look ridiculous doing it, which is like the rage shaking that you hear about where you just like really shake it out. Like you just scream if you need to like stomp it out. It sounds crazy, but it works. It does work. It's called rage shaking. I think that's what they call it. That's (laughs) what I call it. I like it. Okay. I'm putting all of this in the show notes too. I've got like a list going over here. It's like, we like to see it. Yeah. Acupuncture, healingcrystals.com, human design, mantra music, et cetera, to be magnetic and rage shaking. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Okay. Christine, do you have one? You've done some stuff. I know, I know you have. I've done some stuff. Um, you know, it's funny because now I don't look at it as any, like nothing strikes me as weird. Like, right. Sure. Like I'm, I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know. So maybe I just it's like, that. what's the most woo woo thing that maybe doesn't mm. even feel woo woo to you, but a friend mm. would be like, wow, that's really woo. Oh yeah. So <laughs> Uh, yeah. The getting into Kundalini, um, <laughs> Andy first explained how to do it as a Janet Jackson music video of like yes. a lot of like doing things with your arms <laughs> and like moving around and like, like I'm like trying to work at not caring if someone were to walk into the room, but my husband has walked into the room before and I decided to be like, you know what? Screw it. Like, I'm just going to keep going. And he'll like, (laughs) he knows all, I mean, he knows me very well. So he's just like, okay, like I know what you're doing, but like my arms are up and I'm circling them back and I'm like chanting and he's just like, and I just don't even, I just like look at where I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm doing my manifestation, like Soba Kriya money dance right now. Can you just like leave the room? So I feel like Soba Kriya, like just, looks intense to anybody else like looking at you plus it's like these like exaggerated movements with like chanting and the music is like you know mantra um and then I also think like not even woo but just like again with the movement like uh there's a um something called the class which is offered in Mm. New York and LA yeah it is my favorite thing in the entire world I I don't know when I'm gonna go back 
to it, but um, it's a mix of like high intensity exercising. But while you're doing that, the teacher is like just yelling about like all the things that you have to release and like, you know, just doing all of that, like really amazing self-talk every time I cry. So I'm working out and I'm crying, doing like a burpee (laughs) because I'm just like, you know, and then there's jumping jacks and it's like this weird mix of like spiritual release with like high intense exercising, which again, walking by and looking at that, you're like, whoa, what, what are they? It's dark. It's like, it might be close to rage. Like, I feel like I wanted to bounce out all the rage if I was upset or angry or wanted to release something. So yeah, I'm, if anything else comes up, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I um okay, so I'm thinking about when we started introducing Soba Kriya into Colt Laloon. I mean, okay, so for anyone who's listening who's like, I've not been in Colt Laloon, I don't know exactly what happens there. It's a course that is the art of lunar living, but it's very kundalini based. And the first it was maybe month. I mean, Mariah, you've been in Colt Laloon from like the jump from like the early, early days of it last year. I think it was like month two. I was, I decided to bring Soba Kriya. It was like two or three. And I did, I think what I did that month was like one part each week, because I was like, if I give them this all at once, they're all going to run away immediately. They're all going to be like, I am not, what is happening here? I'm not doing this. Now it's like, We've all been doing it for long now. You have like a some... thirty day, forty day challenge where people are like with you doing it, like in herds yeah. of people. <laughs> it's, it's great, and and now if somebody new joins the community, it's still weird for them. It's still woo woo for them. But then there's this other like group of fifty people that are like, it's amazing. Come on in. You're gonna you're gonna <laughs> mm-hmm. love it. You'll be so, addicted to it. It's fine. Just give it a try. Oh, yeah. 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 And for anyone who's listening, who's like, I don't know what this is, but I want to try it. We are doing the 40 day challenge right now on the Colt Laloon Instagram page. And by the time this episode comes out, I think we'll still have, we'll still have some days left. So you can come and try it out. We're doing it for 40 days because it's that 40 days gives you an opportunity to have a marked subconscious shift. And as Christine said, it's like, it's like doing a Janet Jackson money dance yeah. kind of, it's but like you're a seated. Five and- part, five, it's active meditation. And that whenever anyone asks me, oh, I, what meditation are you doing? I, I can't, I can't meditate. And I'm like, mm, do you want to try my active meditation? Because you're so busy. You, you're not even, your brain is just so thinking about the next thing that you're doing. Like once you get into it, I mean, you do truly get like, it can be mesmerizing at times. Like if you really like drop in. It's not just sitting there trying to be Zen. Like you're active. I'm sweating. It's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. You said the 40 days too. I always remember that. I think you told me that that's when your blood cells shift over. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. I always, that really always like stuck with me. I thought about like, especially if I'm um, needing to cleanse or sort of feel renewed. I feel like that really stuck with me the more I learned about what was behind Soba Kriya, like why you do, why your arms are at this, you know, angle and why you're saying this at that time and why the 40 days, you know, cause it's could be arbitrary. It's like, well, I don't know, just do it. Cause that's what I said. And it's like, no, it's actually because your blood cells, you have new blood. And on that note, actually, I think in one of uh, Deepak Chopra's books, I think possibly quantum healing, there is an old edition of the book 
that has a list of how long every part of your body, every type of cell in your body takes to fully turn over. And so mm. in terms of using things like Sobacrea, but it's an old edition of the book. I think they've removed it for like liability reasons, you know, to say, you know, because I think people were saying, oh, your book said that I could heal my bone cancer in seven years by doing this energy. I don't know exactly. I don't know the details. So don't quote me. <laughs> but there are there is a list in an old version of that book. Wow. I want to find that. I'm so interested in that. Yeah. So it's the the 40 days for your blood replenishment is it's basically like, again, I'm not a I'm gonna just take the Deepak Chopra route and say I'm not a doctor in this regard and I would not publish this in a book, but the you can go and certainly ask a doctor about this your body replaces completely the blood volume within your body in about about 40 days is completely regenerated so your body is making new blood cells all the time but in about 40 days you've completely replaced what you had 40 days ago so yeah that's cool there's all sorts of other reasons for 40 days. And there's all sorts of like, I mean, in religious stories, 40 days is a thing. There's lots of 40 days. Is, 40 days is a long held marked time of passage to, to do the things. Yeah. Okay. Mary Kate, what's the most woo woo thing you've ever tried? You know, it's so funny because I was sitting here thinking like, man, I don't know. Like, acupuncture isn't that woo, energy healing, Reiki, astrology, working with a really talented psychic. And I'm like, I'm like, none of this sounds that woo anymore. And then I'm sitting here with um, my Jupiter talisman around my neck. And this is an interesting one, because again, it does not feel woo to me at all anymore. But I worked with an astrologer to select a talisman. And the reason you would work with a talisman is to basically strengthen or bring in more of a certain type of planetary energy to your space, to your life. And so I worked with an astrologer to decide, okay, what planet in my natal chart is in a like good position and by strengthening it would be even better. And so they selected Jupiter for me. And now the thing about talismans is that it's not just something that says Jupiter on it. It has to be created at a specially elected time in a specially elected place under a specific planetary alignment that's very positive for the planet in question. And so the astrologer I was working with said, you know, it's clear that Jupiter is the planet that would be best for you, but I don't have any talismans for Jupiter right now. But I do know that a astrological wizard named Christopher Warnock, who owns the website Renaissance Astrology, has a specific Jupiter talisman that would be ideal for you. And you need to go on the website and this is the one you want. You want the lion-headed, silver, gold-plated one. And it was cast in Islamabad, Pakistan by a mage that Christopher Warnock works with. And this is the one you should get if, you know, if that's in your budget. And so I got it, but I couldn't open it right away because I had to wait to begin the binding process with the talisman until a specifically 
appointed hour on a specifically appointed day. And then I had to, and I couldn't look at it or touch it until that moment. And then as soon as you touch it, the talisman begins a process of, of binding with you and working with you. And the point of it is to increase your connection with that planetary energy. And Jupiter is all about prosperity, good fortune, luck, expansion, growth. And uh, it's been a very interesting, because um, I, I my specific time to bind with the talisman was January 1st. And the experiences that I've had and the prosperity that's come into my life and the opportunities, it's it's been very interesting. Um, and so mm. it's crazy because I'm sitting here thinking like, nothing that I've done is that weird. Oh, okay. No, like actual <laughs> astrological magic with an actual mage doing things under certain astrological elections like okay, okay yeah i guess there, there's some some stuff that might sound a little woo <laughs> it's it's like at this point when you've done when you've like found your way in it's like oh i dabbled in astrology i started doing some yoga now i have a talisman that had to be opened on january 1st i was like <laughs> at, oh, at right. 4 p.m. <laughs> right. and 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 there was some I mean, there was an incantation and stuff, and it's not messing around. It's like actual astrological magic, and that does actually still feel a little weird coming out of my mouth, but, you know, who is it? Um, is it Warren Buffett or somebody who says that millionaires don't care about astrology, but billionaires mm-hmm. use astrology? Yeah. It's, um, it's mm-hmm. J.P. Morgan Chase. J.P. Morgan Chase. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. J.P. Morgan. Yes. Yeah, I have I have called on that line often when like my businessy friends are like, yeah, I don't have time for that. I'm like, do you have time for a billion dollars? Because this is what JP Morgan said about mm-hmm, astrology. Mm-hmm. So I mean it's up to you. You you can have time for a billion dollars or no. It's really up to you. Okay. All right, ladies. I have five questions that we close the show with. And I'm gonna ask each of you these questions. We'll go through one by one. And Mariah, I'll start with you. Tell us, Mary Kate's just been talking about an object that's special to her. So I'm going to go over to you. Tell us about an object or charm that is special to you. Oh, um, so I really don't have one. I have gotten to a place in my life where I try not to put any emotion into physical objects because everything I need is right here within me. And like, not to say I don't appreciate things, but that's really where I'm at. Um, If I had to choose, my Moldavite is what I always have on me. Just keep it on my pocket all the time. Brought it to Tulum with me. Um, It's very special and very magical. Beautiful. Mary-Kate, for you, would it be your Jupiter talisman or do you have something else you'd like to share with us? I think that's a pretty good one. Um, I guess the other thing that I had thought about is that I have a really beautiful crystal necklace that I bought from an amazing um, artisan in Seattle. Um, her name is Shay, and she's at Shay D Design, and she her whole thing is wearing your crystals. So I bought this beautiful crystal necklace from her right before I moved. I wanted to have some things to to bring with me, and I found out through Instagram DMs with her some two years later, the crystal in the necklace was from AJ at that little shop, Northwest Crystals, where I bought my first crystals. Wow. That's cool. Cool. Christine, what about you? 
Yeah, I wanted to grab it. Um, so I'll just show you guys. But um, so this necklace, um, it's a kind of an appendant style. Um, but my mom gave this to me on my this last birthday, actually when I got home from Tulum. And it is my grandmother's ring and my grandfather's ring with the diamond Aww. in the middle. And actually, Mary Kate, um, I <laughs> I meant to tell you, but actually this is perfect to tell you now because in Tulum, Mary Kate and I had a conversation and I said, I need something to protect my heart. I need, I need a, a pendant that hangs and I need it to be my protection. So you were sending me some great suggestions and I was so excited and everything. So I get home and, you know, my mother is like a very intuitive cancer as well. She's just very special. Your mom has human. been in the Colt Lalone course with us. Yes, she has. Yes. No She's way. very yeah. yeah. And so my mm-hmm. my grandmother is this is her mother. Um and I was incredibly very, very close with my grandmother and grandfather Rita. Called him granddaddy. <laughs> Frank. But um, yeah, so she hands this to me and I just burst into tears because I just thought, oh my God, like this is what I had called in and she had been waiting to find a good time to give it to me. And um, so I just need to change the, this gets tangled, but I gotta, so I want it to hit right like on my like chest, like right where my, I feel like my I get, you know, kind of stuck sometimes, um, mm-hmm. but I feel very, very, very safe with this as if she's and always that, been a guardian angel for me. So that is so powerful because I think when people talk about crystals, they're like, oh, I need to have like a clear quartz or a labradorite or something. But diamonds and gold, those kinds of precious metals also have those properties and very powerfully too. So that is like so beautiful and perfect. I love that. Yeah. You came into my mind immediately. I was like, I have to text her that I was like, just kind of wrapped up and everything. So I'm so glad I got to finally um, tell you about that just because it's so special. So yeah. Beautiful. Oh, I love all these. Okay. Next question. Mary Kate, what's your book that changed your life? Ooh. So around the time of kind of my early changing my whole life, getting sober. Um, I was in a relationship with a guy who I did really like, but I was just kind of all over the place. I was like, oh, I got to get sober. I, I, I don't know. And I read, I was on this women's yoga retreat and one of the women recommended a book that my mother had recommended to me at Thanksgiving. And I thought, okay, I have had this book recommended by two women who are, you know, opposite sides of the planet. And so it's called Attached and it's the science of adult attachment. And so essentially that combined with this other book called Hold Me Tight by Dr. Sue Johnson, I was able to realize that I had a a disorganized and avoidant leaning attachment style. And so I had never really, after my divorce, I never wanted to be in relationships. I didn't really want people to get close to me. And I thought that that was actually fine and good and healthy because I was like, I don't need anybody. I am totally independent. I don't need anything from anyone at all. And like, if I let you be in my life, cool. Okay, sure. Like we can maybe have some fun together. And reading those books cracked me open to realize that I was not healthy. I was keeping people at bay so that I didn't have to be vulnerable. And I was able to read that and think and realize 
I don't want to be this way in relationships anymore. Mm. And so, yeah, books um, attached, hold me tight, um, really helped me see a way that I could grow and, and become a better me and happier. And yeah. Yeah. And I'm still with that guy because of those books. <laughs> and we're crazy yeah. in love. And you're crazy in love. You sure are. I love it. Okay. Mariah, what about you? Book that changed your life? Um, I have two. I will start with The Power of Habit. Um, I mm. read and that, that was almost I, my book, Mariah. <laughs> of course it was. We're we're just linked. Um, but that's when I really realized how much power over the reality like our brains have. Like it's just insane what we think, what we do on a daily basis really leads up to what our life is. And as well as quantum healing, we talked about it already. And I think previously on the podcast, someone else has talked about it. Um, But quantum healing put the logical perspective of what I've been feeling since 2017 Mm -hmm. with my Huntington's diagnosis. Like I have this power to regenerate all these things and just we are really the makers of our reality. And both of those books together just really put it into perspective for me. So true. Okay. The next question is, Mariah, I'll go to you first. Tell me about an experience or moment that changed your life in a profound way. Um, I would say Tulum, like that retreat Aww. really like not to sound cheesy, but it was truly life-changing and to have a, such a good experience after the oddly hard 26 years of life I've been through. Um, it was just really nice. I live in Texas and there aren't very many like-minded people like me that I know. And to just be in community with so many wonderful women and practicing yoga and soba kriya together and dancing under a full moon on the beach and just having the time of our lives while people look at us crazy. It <laughs> changed my life and my life has not been the same since I've been back. Oh, thank you. I love, I love it. I love it. Mary Kate, life-changing moment for you. Mm, you know, there have been many and I think we, I've already shared a few of the stories, but one thing that happened for me when I was a teenager was that I had my heart absolutely crushed by my high school sweetheart. He, you know, cheated on me with a friend and then ran away and joined the Navy literally without saying goodbye. Um, And it took me several years, you know, like that teenage heartbreak. It took me several years to kind of process that and, and get over him. And I reached this point where I was hiking in the mountains with friends in Colorado, and it was, I think, 2008, and I had just found out that he had had a baby with some girl that he met at oh, wow. some, one of his posts or something, and I just had not fully released it. There was still a lot of pain in there, and I we hiked up this, this mountain and one of the couples wanted to just kind of chill. And one of my friends wanted to go further along to this waterfall. And I walked over to this cliff's edge and I was all by myself. And I had just found out about his baby 
like the night before. And so I was sitting on the edge of this cliff crying and, and calling out to the divine and pleading to just make the pain go away. Um, I was just in so much emotional pain, <clears throat> excuse me. And I was kind of sitting there, I, I guess, praying. And all of a sudden it was like the bottom just kind of dropped out of my body and all of that pain just whooshed out. Wow. And then it was like this warm, like this warmth flooded my whole body, this just healing kind of beautiful warmth. And it was gone that day. Something divine just came in and washed out that the pain and the sadness around that, you know, my, my first heartbreak. And yeah, I, it was very powerful. Wow. Wow. Christine, something that changed your life in a profound way. I was going to say moving to New York. I mean, truly like I mean, I, travel and it, relocation can yeah. do it for sure. Yeah. I mean, making, having, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't share it. I just knew I was going to do it and I did it. And I think this, the, the incredible life I had in that city for 13 years and the, the connections and the people and the experiences and the trips and the work that I got to do and where I got to live. I mean, it was like an incredible, like blessing. And I think it it absolutely has shaped me. So I think, I think that, I think that decision that in that following that and just being like, and that was a long time ago. So obviously, you know, it doesn't feel, I mean, it's relevant, but it's not like, but I would also say your trip was very transformative. It was very freeing. (laughs) I got to teach dance. I stepped into that of teaching in person. Um, I've never danced under a full moon before. I had my 40th birthday with y'all. Like it was, I mean, it was pretty transformative. So that was the current one. (laughs) When you were talking about um, the dance, it reminded me that when Mariah was talking about the rage shaking and you were talking about the class that you kind of had us do a little bit of that. And that was so cathartic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It gave me yeah. the confidence to know that, you know, I, that I can do that. I can teach that, but that there are women that are craving it. And so just having, you know, you guys like be there and be so acceptive and, and excited, accepting and exciting, excited about it. I was like, it, it that opened that that was changing for me because that it, it didn't, it made me feel confident and it made me feel like, oh, here's my people. Like, this is, this is a thing. Like, this is exciting. And it's so, like you said, cathartic and healing and expressive and great. So Mm, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. Next question, Christine, I'll go right back to you for this one. What's something you do daily for your health and wellness? Daily for health and wellness. I... For the past, I've given myself a tiny little break, but soba kriya every day and at least 15 to 20 minutes of some sort of movement. And I do not beat myself up. I don't, I'm not a runner, meaning where I feel like I have to run a certain amount of miles or do that. I just, I like to move my body and I stretch. 
Um, I need to drink more water, <laughs> but I would say if I can, if I can do my journaling with my soba Kriya and then I can move my body for 15 to 20 minutes, I feel very, um, I, that feels very complete to me. Like I've done yeah. my, I've done some energetic work on myself. And if I can make sure I also put face oil and drink some water, then I'm really kicking it out of the, car, <laughs> the park that day. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay. Mary Kate, what's your daily wellness practice? Something you do. Oh daily? man, there, there are so many, um, that this one was hard to narrow down, but I really appreciated that you talked a couple episodes ago in the episode about aging gracefully about how JLo doesn't drink. And, you know, when I initially decided to stop drinking, it was because alcohol was not healthy or safe for me anymore. And, you know, it's been some three and a half years now since I've had a drop of alcohol and I feel so good, you know? I mean, and the first year was like, Wow, I'm waking up without a hangover again. Or I and and so sometimes it's because it's just so part of my routine and just life to not drink, I forget how much it contributes to feeling great. Yeah, it's so true. I've okay, I've had some weird I have to ask you to this, Mariah and Mary Kate, because I know you have had many years of of the sober life. I've had dreams. So I just passed my three-year anniversary of no alcohol in my life. So yay. That's hey. been yeah, that's been an exciting congratulations. Thank you. It's been an exciting um mark in that journey. I have dreams sometimes where I get drunk in the dream and it's so weird. I'm like, what? Oh, and it's like I can feel what it used to feel like in the dream. And it reminds me when I wake up of how much I never want to have that feeling again. Mm-hmm. You guys experience yeah, that? Um, is it just me? <laughs> no, it's me too. I'm coming up on three years in December as well. So we're all mm. around that three-year mark. 2018, big year. Yes, transformative. We should look at the astrology of that year. Anyway, um, <laughs> I have had lots of dreams like that. And then like dreams that I accidentally drink and then I just feel awful, like Ooh, physically yeah. just like bad. I have a lot of those dreams too that I'm like at a party drunk too. And I wake up and I'm like, Oh, never again. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, like, no, 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 that's not, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. Okay. Mariah, what's something you do for your health and wellness in addition to the no alcohol lifestyle? Um, no alcohol. Cause tequila is not my friend. <laughs> um, I have a non-negotiable where I have to spend at least 10 minutes outside every single day. Um, some type of movement and then I'm trying to get back into it, but I had a really good daily practice of where I would do my tarot pool for myself every single morning and it just really filled me up and then journal about it. Um, and yeah, water movement outdoors and some kind of spiritual activity, non-negotiables have to do it. Okay. Christine, a moment you knew magic was real. I started looking at magic as blessings. So like I always see 1111. I think that's very magical. Um, When I started doing another round of Soba Kriya and actively journaling and actively manifesting and calling in um, within the month, I had exactly what I wanted that showed up, which is a separate working space that I 
now I'm getting the keys in about two weeks. So that Yay, was wild. Congratulations. Was That's pretty magical. Wild. It was magic. Yeah. Good magical moments. Mary Kate, a moment that shared with you that magic was real. Okay. So when I was living in Seattle, I was, I, I've been, I had been working in the tech industry for some time and um, I was working for again, just those Fortune 100 type companies. And I really wanted to move to San Diego to close the distance with um, the the man that I'm with. And he is an immigrant. And so he didn't have a green card yet. So he could not leave his job. He was here on a work visa. And so it kind of became clear that if we wanted to be together in the next like two years that I should move. And so I started looking for jobs and I got this job offer and I was pretty excited about it. It was a pretty cool kind of new company. And there was a a, a nail artist, a, like a, a manicurist in San Diego who I'd been going to see who was great. And she would also sometimes read cards and she had the gift. She would read tarot cards. And so I had just like finished the last interview. They had given me the verbal job offer. It was like, okay, great. Like it was a little bit of a pay cut from what I was making in Seattle, but I was excited and going to be moving. Cool job with lots of opportunity. And so I went and got my nails done. And I said, could you just like do some cards for me? Cause I'm really excited. I'm finally going to be moving down here. And so she's like, look at, and she's like, is it possible you're going to be getting a different job? And I was like, no, I literally just got the job offer. Like she's like, and so she like looked, did some more cards and was looking at it again. She said, well, you're definitely moving here and like everything's going to be great, but it's not going to be that job. And I was just like, that's just ridiculous. Like, they really want me. Like, it's going to be great. And she said, and everything will be totally clear by about July or so. And this was February. And I was supposed to be probably starting this job in April. So they were going to pay for my move. I got everything set. The movers were scheduled to come. Nick and I went to Japan for my birthday in April. And I got back from Japan. The movers were coming the next week. I sent a quick email to check in with my future boss. And he was like, oh, yeah, we didn't want to disturb you while you were on vacation. But something's happened financially and we can't afford to hire you anymore or pay for your move or anything. And at that point, I mean, it was already locked in. The movers were coming. I had already paid a deposit on the move. And so I went ahead and just moved. And it was this like weird, like, ah, but I ended up getting a much better job with much better benefits at a company that I have so much love and respect for on an awesome team of people. And it paid literally 50% more than the job that got like took out from under me. And so up until that point, I didn't know if tarot was real, if divination (laughs) was real. And in that moment, when that job got ripped out from under me, I knew one, something very special was going on with that woman. Um, Her name is Lindsay. And two, that it would be okay because I would have a different job offer by July. Wow. Pretty damn magical. Wow. 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 Okay. Mariah, you got one? Okay. You got a moment I, that was magical? 
I have quite a few. I just <laughs> had to think about it. So I feel like I've had like this witchiness, magical all around me my entire life that has just been kind of like shoved down from my background. And in the past two, three years, I've had so many just like instance of magical moments. Um, so I think one of them is, and some people will call this a coincidence, but I really, I don't believe in coincidences. Like the universe knows what it's doing. Um, so whenever I decided to go get tested for this disease because I had no symptoms. I just knew that it was part of my lineage. Um, I decided that if I had it, I wasn't going to have any children because it was the responsible thing to do all this. Um, so I went and got my blood work done and it took about a month. Uh, three days before I got my positive test results for Huntington's, I found out I was pregnant with my oldest. Oh, wow. Um, which was very magical because he, uh, uh, that baby has my heart, love him. Um, and it just lined up in such a perfect way that there's no other explanation as well as like in the past year, I've realized how powerful I am and kind of like how Christine was talking about whenever I put my mind to it and my intention and do all the things I'm able to call in everything very quickly. Maybe not in the way I expected. Yeah. But the universe always has our back. It's conspiring in our favor. Truly, truly. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Oh, this has been so special. I appreciate you all so much for telling your stories, talking about all your woo-woo stuff being a woo-woo BFF to someone out there who's like, oh, I've been thinking about acupuncture. I've been thinking about trying the class or I've been thinking about to be magnetic or whatever it is that someone is inspired to or doing Kundalini or coming to Soba Kriya challenge, whatever it is. Um, you guys have just been so, so amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank so you. Much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're interested in joining some of the programs that the lady spoke about today, this coming up week, September 16th, it's a Thursday, I'm hosting a Sea Changers Business Foundations Masterclass. It is perfect for the person who is starting a soul-led business like Christine, Mary-Kate, or Mariah, or has a soul-led business and wants to be able to move from idea to launch in a much quicker timeline. We also have the membership open for Sea Changers. You can join the, join the membership, meet these ladies. It is really well-priced. It's 33 bucks a month, and there's all sorts of resources and workshops and community building events within the community, within the membership. And lastly, if you'd like to join us in this manifestation practice, the lunar living practice, where we do things like Soba Kriya, join us in Colt Laloon. You can get information on how to join in the show notes. If you've loved this episode, I would love it if you leave a review, share on social, tag us on the show page at your BFF or or and tag me at Wee Girl. Until next time, we have another interview coming up next week. I'm very much looking forward to continuing to bring you these amazing 
real people doing incredible things from a place of soul and spirit. With that, we are complete. Much love. I'll see you again next week.